you have to understand that you have higher churn than when you work with enterprise customers. So in a way, wrapping our heads around the fact that there is kind of, you know, like a minimal structural level of churn that at some point we cannot go beyond while balancing that with the idea of still always trying to improve and, and, and fight to improve churn. I think that's, that's where we have to walk this fine line and, and, and make sure that we all are always doing our best while also understanding and accepting the specifics of our markets. Welcome to Retention Talk. I'm Neil Desai, and we're talking to the best minds in the world of product and customer success to bring you actionable strategies on reducing churn and boosting retention. This week, we're talking to Tebow, the co-founder of Loomly. In this episode, we talk about different ways to triage customer feedback. Second, how you might approach term optimization. And lastly, pay close attention to what Tebow says about delinquent churn. So Tivo, like, thank you so much for being here today on, on Retention Talk. I'm super excited to learn a little bit more about Loomly and how you guys think about retention. First up, I'd love to just learn a little bit more, like, how'd you end up here? How'd you end up starting this? You know, what are you working on these days? Yeah, well, it's it's a long and fun and romantic story. But essentially, yeah, I've been working with my spouse, Noemi, for... Uh, nine years and Loomly is the fourth company that we are building together. And in fact, prior to starting Loomly, we had an advertising agency uh, operating both in France and here in the US. And we were serving a very you know wide range of customers from SMBs to startups to you know very large enterprise accounts like L'Oreal, where we were managing five brands. And essentially, there was a process that was common to all of those clients, uh, which was that we were managing for them and creating for them what we call editorial calendars. And the simplest way to think about editorial calendars is that there are spreadsheets where you make your planning in terms of content and what you're going to publish to social media and blogs and things like that. And as you may imagine, spreadsheets were not meant for that. They're great for P&Ls and you know, balance sheets, but not so great for content creation, uh, let alone collaboration. So we started to look for ways to streamline that process that was very repetitive and time-consuming and error-prone. And we could only find two families of products online. The first one was uh, generic project management software, which was great for collaboration, but not so much for publishing. And the second family of product was social media schedulers, which were great for publishing, but not really good for collaboration. So we decided to take the matter in our own hands and we actually built our own solution internally in the agency. I'm not a software engineer. I just run everything on my own. And, uh, you know, that was back in August 2015. And by the end of the year, we had prototype up and running that we started using with our own clients and we did not tell them that it was our own product because we wanted some honest feedback and you know the honest feedback was actually uh, pretty positive and so we kind of you know understood that maybe that was something that other professionals could be interested in using and we opened up in uh, public beta a few months later in february 2016 and from there, it has been a, a wild ride. You know, we are approaching the 9 million in annual recurring revenue. We have over 13,000 marketing teams uh, paying customers using our product. And, you know, it's been a very exciting adventure. Awesome. Thanks for the, the the quick sort of breakdown there. I love founder stories that start with, we were just tired of doing this in Excel, right? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I'll have to share Loomly with our content team, because I'm pretty sure a lot of our content planning still happens in Excel, but such a fascinating like example of a core frustration that I'm sure a lot of teams have. And you guys being able to productize that is pretty special. Obviously, you know, the, the product now, you guys have been around for 
five plus years now. And, and content creation is one of those things that's like pretty integral to, you know, obviously marketing teams. Tell me, how do you guys think about retention? Does someone own retention? What do you guys track? How do you measure success here? Just at a high level, would love to get a sense of, you know, particularly as, you know, the founder CEO, how do you think about retention? Yeah, well, I think about it a lot. And in a way, the short answer is that everyone in the team owns retention. The customer success team, you know, looks at the data and works with the customers and helps them and try to make them happy. You know, the engineering team builds the features and, and, and fixes the bugs and and they are very, um, you know, receptive to customer feedback. And of course, management team uh, works on, on, on growth and strategy and reporting. And so, you know, like we are kind of like a tripod and, and, and we all work on on retention and this is kind of uh, I wouldn't say it's our North Star because we have like another North Star, but but it's a very, you know, it's something that we are all very aware of and, and that we try to work on consistently and collaboratively. Got it. What's something that, you know, based on what you just said, seems like retention is something that is a theme across all the different teams, right? Whether you're an engineer on the CS team or an exec, you have an eye on retention. So, you know, something that I try to unpack is like, how did it get this way? Because it, it, it it's not something that just happens. And, and I think it's really a mindset, right? So I think I'd love to learn a little bit more about like, how did you guys end up this way where a lot of companies perhaps struggle with infusing, you know, cross-team collaboration and attention, right, to, to revenue retention? Yeah. So to to get there, I think we we need to just take a step back and and rewind, you know, the the story a little bit. Like I said, we we had this problem, right? It was an internal problem, and so the way it started is that Noemi, my spouse, who is the co-founder of Loomly and the CMO, she had this problem in the agency, and I was building the product for her to kind of solve her pain point, and so because of that, you know. We had a very, you know, tight feedback loop where I was, you know, building the product, uh, pushing out the updates. She would be doing some kind of QA that we were not even calling that at that point, but it, she was basically trying the product and telling me, well, this is working, this is not working. Can we make it this way? And so on and so forth. And so that's how it started. That's the DNA of the company. And as we kept growing, we were and we are obsessed with one thing, which is how do we scale that feedback loop so that we make sure that we stay in touch with our customers, that we understand when something is wrong, but also when something is great, and finally, when something is missing. And so the way we have been doing that is, well, now instead of being you know just me and Noemi on, on both sides of a desk, it's basically, you know, the CS team speaking with about 250 customers every single day and responding to their feature requests and, you know, kind of helping them when there's a bug and also trying to help them figure out the UI if there is anything that is not clear. And that is what informs the roadmap on what we build. And that is also, you know, how we work on bugs and, and things that are uh, reported by the customers. This is a very long way to say that, it's, it has basically been into our DNA since day one to focus on customers. And as we kept growing, we kind of focused on uh, making sure that we were not losing that because we treat customer feedback as gold. And basically, everyone in the team is receptive to customer feedback. And therefore, 
understands the importance of retention. That makes total sense. You know, is there something that you guys are currently still working on uh, or, or struggle with today when it comes to improving revenue retention? You know, there are things that are that, that you have to understand, which is, you know, uh, depending on the typology of your target audience for us, it's, it's you know, mainly SMBs. You have to understand that you have higher churn than when you work with enterprise customers. So in a way, wrapping our heads around the fact that there is kind of, you know, like a minimal structural level of churn that at some point we cannot go beyond while balancing that with the idea of still always trying to improve and 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 fight to improve churn. I think that's that's where we have to walk this fine line and, and, and make sure that we all are always doing our best while also understanding and accepting the specifics of our markets. Sure. Yeah, that's uh you know kind of separate from this podcast, Thibaut, is is something that a lot of folks ask us is like, what's a good enough churn rate? Because <laughs> obviously at some point you just have diminishing returns. And something that we like often like to do with a lot of our partners or or, or friends is, is share like you know benchmarks, um, particularly because we're just sitting on a ton of data around you know B2B SaaS and 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 what you see as as churn rates across different industries. So if if that's ever helpful, like let me know. I'm happy to, to share some of that just so you know you have more context. Of course that's that's really cool and and kind of you know building up on what you just said, I I think it's not easy to know, you know, what's healthy level of churn. What we usually refer to is we try to look into some either some studies or some benchmarks. One that we like is is the one from Redpoint from Tom Tungus, who basically has it for, you know, the, the monthly and annual customer churn rate for, you know, SMBs and mid-market and enterprise. I think as long as you are somewhat aware of, you know, what's a healthy level and then, you know, you work towards that goal and, and, and to be to beat that goal, I, I think that's the healthy way. That makes a ton of sense. Speaking of, you know, monthlies and, and annuals, I'm super curious, like, what's your approach to sort of term optimization? Like, is there... Um, you know, most folks sort of give a discount to, to upgrade users to annual. Like, what's that process look like for, for your customers? Yeah, in a way, that's that's how we approach it. When you subscribe to a yearly plan, you get a 25% discount compared to the same monthly plan. And yeah, the way we look at it is that, you know, uh, if you're interested in flexibility, then you go with the monthly plan. And if you are, you know, ready to commit to a year of service with us, then we reward you with a 25% discount. Got it. And what's the process for, you know, getting more folks on annuals? Is it sort of campaigns you guys run? Is it things in the app? Tell me more about like how you guys get customers actually on it, these annual plans. Yeah, well, you know, we always present the users with both options. So, you know, usually it starts with the specifics of their situation, you know, depending, you know, sometimes it's it's a matter of cash flow, sometimes it's a matter of profitability. So, you know, you will choose uh, one billing uh, cycle over the other. And then, you know, over the course of the life cycle of the user, uh, depending on their behavior, what they do, what they do not, which features they use and things like that and how active they are. You know, sometimes we we prompt them and we say, hey, you know, you seem to be like loving the product. Uh, it looks like you're very active. So and it doesn't look like you're slipping away and, and that you may be here for the long haul. So you might as well benefit from the discount. So would you, would you like to proceed and upgrade to uh, the yearly plan? And, and, you know, that's that's usually how we do it. That makes sense. That makes sense. 
One thing that I like to sort of learn from from you know different folks that we talk to because because I think something that the audience really likes to hear is some of the mechanics around you know how you actually reduce churn right and and one of the the key areas in which this happens and is very unique to each product is the cancellation experience. So curious, like let's say I'm a customer of Loomly and I go and hit the cancel button. Walk me through like what happens. Yeah. When you cancel, a couple of things happen. Well, first, you can cancel anytime. That is very important for us because uh, we don't think that you know you should be tied into a contract. So you cancel, and then you know at the end of your of of your subscription, it just cancels. So that's that's one. Two, we basically present you with an exit survey so that we understand you know what is the main reason why why you canceled. It's very uh, fast. It's only you know two questions. One is required. The other one is optional. And this really helps us understand you know if there are patterns and trends that we need to pay specific attention. And it also allows us to have some granularity perspective into understanding why some customers are churning. And three, the last thing that we do is you know for some customers, again given the specifics of the SMB market and also the fact that you know some of our customers, for instance, are professionals. They are consultants and they have their own customers and they use Loomly with those customers. And so sometimes you know we know that they may lose the contract with their customers and then they may have another contract in the future. So their activity may be seasonal and so their need for Loomly may also be seasonal. So to kind of address that, what we do is we offer the option to users who cancel their subscriptions to uh, receive an email three, three months down the road to learn more about Loomly and what has been new in the, in, in the three months between when they canceled and, and that famous email. And so that, that helps, you know, that helps with um, reactivation. That also helps with relationship because, uh, you know, it, it shows that we, we keep on uh, improving the platform and making progress and listening to our customers. I love that, right? It's it's really like thinking about the long term because to your point, you know, it, it's it's less important if you save them that day, if they reactivate months later and, and, and ultimately it's the LTV that you care about, right? Is there something that you've learned from these surveys that you've really taken to heart and, and ultimately incorporated in building your product? Well, yes and no. No, because it's not like there is one thing that, you know, stands out particularly, but yes, because we learn something with every new customer survey response. And I, I think the main thing here is we are firm believers in continuous improvement. And so it, it's all about, you know, well, continuously improving. It's all about making sure that we are a subscription business. So we work and benefit from recurring revenues. So we have to think long-term, like you just said, we cannot be just like transactional. We have to always get better. And I think this is the name of the game. Got it. No, I love that. By the way, I got to ask just because th this is something that we spend a lot of time thinking about is what happens if they don't cancel, but their payment fails? Like what's the process for recovering those users? When failed payment uh, happens, you know, we just have uh, policies in place to retry the payments certain amount of number of times and after that amount of times well basically the, the subscription is automatically cancelled and you know they of course receive emails every time a payment fails we make suggestions to help them with that we also try to prevent it ahead of time when we know that uh, you know cards expire not that we have the data but you know this is one of the services that we use that kind of you know help them with their cards and basically you know we uh 
we try to keep in touch with them and, and, and allow them to avoid service interruption because we are a content publishing platform. And so, you know, if you have planned content ahead of time for to be published in the future, you don't want your posts not to be published because your payment failed. So we try to be wary of that, not necessarily from a pure revenue perspective, but just from a pure customer experience uh, perspective. That makes sense. I think um, one of the things you guys do really well is like tell the customer what they'll lose, right? I, th- I think especially when it's a mission critical or a service that, you know, well, they'll lose memory or content or the ability to schedule posts, reiterating that value proposition at key points in the user lifecycle can really go a long way, right? So no, that's that that's super helpful. So I, this has been really helpful to just get a sense of like, you know, some of the mechanical things, but also just how you guys think about retention overall. As you think back, you know, Tebow, over the last couple of years and growing the team and, and now revenue to almost 9 million in ARR, what's what's something that you're really proud of? It, it could be anything. It could be something you've built. It could be something around the team. But as you reflect back on your time here, like what, yeah, what's something you're really proud of? Well, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a like a broken record, but I, I think it's this idea of, of, you know, thriving to continuously improve and get better and not, you know, not be like, oh, okay, we'll just build this product and, and kind of milk it. No, it's it's all about, uh, you know, Loomly is kind of like alive and it's growing. It's getting better every day with every uh, new customer interaction, every piece of customer feedback, every feature that we ship. And, and I think that, you know, this is this attention to detail, this attention to customer feedback that, you know, has taken us here. And this is probably what I'm, I'm the most proud of, this idea of starting, you know, from nothing and then building something imperfect and polishing it over time. This is very satisfying. No, I love that. And so like if you, I don't know, we have a lot of folks who are still trying to figure out retention for their SaaS product, right? If you had to, you know, perhaps give Tebow four or five years ago some advice when it came to revenue retention or, or someone just starting out, what would that look like? Well, for sure, don't don't look at customer churn rate <laughs> in the aggregate. Look at, at revenue churn rate or revenue retention and look at it from a cohort perspective. Because, you know, like I said, your product is alive, your product is changing. Uh, there may be seasonality on your market. Everything is changing. There may be like, you know, structural changes. Just think of what happened last year. And so if you just look at customer churn rate in aggregate, you're just using a big proxy and you are missing out on so many uh, levels and layers of details that you would get if you were looking at revenue retention on, on a cohort basis. So that's very important. It's a much better picture. It's a much better way to analyze retention. And, and that's definitely something that I, that I would do. Just look at MRR retention on a cohort basis. Love it. Cool. Well, Tebo, really, really appreciate the time here. Really insightful and uh, best of luck. I mean, it, it's it's kind of crazy to see how fast you guys have, have grown over the last few years and really appreciate the time and uh, th- thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Neil. It was a pleasure. A huge shout out to Tebo for lending their time to the podcast today. For someone that spent a lot of time thinking about delinquent churn and term optimization, this was a fun one. To recap, we talked about different ways to triage customer feedback. At Loomly, they view retention as a tripod. 
The customer success team looks at data and helps to work with customers. The engineering team builds features and fixes bugs. And the management team works on growth and strategy. As they grow, it's really important that the entire team is obsessed with scaling the feedback loop to make sure that they stay in touch with customers and understand all of their concerns. Second, term optimization. The folks over at Loomly make sure to offer an annual subscription, not only when customers sign up, but once a monthly user has actually been using the product for a few cycles. By checking customer behavior and how active they are, they can prompt them with the best value for the customer at the right time. Lastly, locking out a customer can be a last-ditch effort to keep them around. However, by sending Dunning emails and communicating the value that will be lost, hopefully you can avoid locking out a customer. But sometimes, it's the only way to get their attention. Making sure that you freeze a user's account without deleting valuable information in there can really create that loss aversion. That way, once you do recover the payment, your customer doesn't have to do anything to reset their account and pick up right where they left off. You don't want your delinquent churn to turn into an active cancellation. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Retention Talk. Don't forget to subscribe at retentiontalk.com. And if you want to help spread the word, tag me on Twitter at neildesai 23 and let's dish on today's episode. Please give us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice and let your friends know as well. And if you know a great guest, send me a message at neil at This has been a Profitwell Recur production, the largest, fastest-growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions. 